Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And now, live on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app, it's Gabe Ramirez. Three, that's a magic number. Morrell going to third. He will slide. He's got a triple. Bulls trying to get open. Fires away. It's over. The Bulls win at the buzzer. Feliz Viernes. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score, hanging out with you guys till 9 o'clock on your way home or on your way back into the city if you're making your significant other listen to some sports talk radio while you guys are headed to dinner. Kudos to you, my friend. Uh, I am going to be talking to you guys right now. starting the show the way I always do. I call it the trifecta. These are the top three stories that have been living in my brain all day today, and it's kind of been like a game of three-card Monty. Certain thoughts come in, certain thoughts come out, and then by the time I get here and 7 o'clock starts, you get the best three. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Leo! Number three. So after dropping a heartbreaker last night, the Cubs bounced back and made sure they didn't need a lockdown ninth inning as they blanked the Dodgers 13-0, but that wasn't even the biggest story of the day. With a perfect game through seven innings, Drew Smiley took the mound in the top of the eighth, David Peralta stepped to the plate. He was pinch hitting for Max Muncy, and he was hoping to hoping to just break up perfection. Smiley works his motion. A broken back tapper down the third baseline. Picked up by Smiley. Oh! And he collides with Gomes. Safe at first is Peralta. Both Smiley and Gomes are down on the infield grass, both getting up slowly. And that will be ruled a hit. Ending Drew Smiley's perfect game this afternoon. And now the crowd on its feet applauding the veteran left-hander. Shout-out Zach Zabin there on the call, filling in for Pat Hughes today. Fantastic job as always. I love the picture he painted about Drew Smiley and Jan Gomes on the ground. Because the way he painted it, it was as if, because of course it's in real time, I get the, the luxury of hindsight. It was as if the two of them were injured. But the only thing that was injured was their ego. Because they were like they literally were laying on the ground like, damn, damn. And you could tell they didn't want to be like, I had it, you had it. It wasn't the Spider-Man meme sort of situation. It was more so, damn. Like that's that's they should take a picture of them lying down on this grass and just put that word over it. Now that's the meme that you should be looking for. But of course, Juice Smiley, first cub uh, with the perfect game through seven innings pitched since 1993. That's crazy. If you think about that, that's a hell of a long time. Um, but he did pitch seven and two-thirds, gave up just that one hit, 10 strikeouts. It was working, man. Knuckle curve was working. 
I mean, it just looked really, really good from the very beginning. Um, and he's only surrendered just two earned runs in his past 18 in the third inning. That's pretty good. I don't, I don't need to tell you that, right? But I mean, some good stuff. And I, I, I wish you guys were with me at the end of last year for the Cubs season and then leading into this year <clears throat> where I was trying to tell anyone that would listen how impressive I thought the rotation was, how how I thought the pitching was the strength of the Chicago Cubs, and I thought it was as a result of Rossi getting the best out of these guys. But they're really proven this year that they're just good pitchers coming into their own. Six deep on the rotation, you know, the relievers looking good. Obviously, I don't want to talk about what they desperately need in the closing situation, but, you know, we want to talk about the positives here, not the negatives. Um, <clears throat> but again, you know, just Smiley from the very beginning, you know, struck out the side from the, uh, in one of the earlier innings on just 14 pitches uh, in the second, and then struck out the first two batters he faced in the third. And, I mean, like I mentioned, you know, he, he ended up with 10 strikeouts, and it was the most that he'd had since 2020. So the next game for the Cubs tomorrow, first pitch, 1.20 p.m. right here on 6.70. The score pregame starts at 12.45. Make sure you guys are here for that one. Number two. All right, number two story inside the trifecta here on 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez here. It's about this situation. I mean, I know you guys, we were all inundated with what was going on with the Chicago Cubs, but did you guys hear about all the football players that got suspended for gambling? I had to do a deep dive on this because I thought to myself, did Calvin really not, like, was he not the poster child for that so you could learn and don't be an idiot? And I get it. Listen, I gamble. And sometimes I gamble at 3 in the morning with Chinese basketball. It just happens like that. So I get the, the temptation that exists. However, what what some of these guys did was kind of comical. So uh, Detroit Lions wide receiver Quintez Cephas, Lions defensive back C.J. Moore, and Washington Commanders defensive end Shaka Tony, um, they were all suspended for the entire 2023 season. And then Lions receiver Jamison Williams, who just got back after being injured at the end of the season, somebody that they were going to lean on heavily. The Detroit Lions were next next year, and Stanley Berryhill, they're both suspended for the first six regular season games of 2023 season. So they can participate in like offseason and preseason activities, um, but they're going to miss those first six games. Now, I tried to look like what is the NFL policy on gambling? Because if you heard anything about it, it was that like Jamison Williams and uh, I believe Shaka Tony didn't even bet on the NFL, right? Because that was the thing. Like, okay, Calvin really bet on some games, but. But Jameson Williams and Shaka Tony bet on, on college football. So I'm like, wait, you can't you can't bet on anything? So here, here's what it says. This is NFL policy prohib- prohibits any form of gambling while at a league facility. That's crazy. That's just crazy to me. Or venue, including practice facilities, stadiums, and even team hotels. So you can't even be, like, on the road betting on Chinese basketball. At two in the morning, when you're in your room by yourself, away from your family, you just you cannot do that because you're in the hotel. Now, this is the odd part: if you were to walk across the street, that's okay. If you like leave your hotel room, go across the street to like a restaurant and place a bet there, that's okay. But if you do it in the hotel or at the practice facility, that is a big no-no. So personnel, not 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 a NFL player, but personnel may not gamble while at draft, league, or club events, while traveling on club or league business business. While using club or league transportation, including charter planes, and while making endorsements or promotional appearances, they're able to get like up to two hundred and fifty dollars from some of these gambling sites, but they just they just can't do it. And so, 
the, the personnel, like people that work in marketing, ticketing sales and such, they just can't gamble on anything. And then players themselves, they cannot do it. It's just, it's, it's weird. I feel bad for them because I wish they would have made better decisions than that. But you know what? I get it. Speaking of Chinese basketball, we all know Yao Ming, the seven-foot big man killed for the Houston Rockets. He is the like the head honcho over at in the Chinese Basketball League Association, excuse me, CBA. And there were two teams where their coaches, GMs, and some players that have been suspended for upwards of five years because there was some match, not match fixing. There was a, a team that had Eric Bledsoe, former NBA player, and he was uh, he was suspended for a certain amount of time. So they were having this playing situation. And the team was up 1-0, and they could have won the second game and then moved on to the second round. But they wanted another game to count for Eric Bledsoe's suspension. So they were saying that some of the players kind of allowed the other team to win the second game so they could win the third game, and Eric Bledsoe could get the, Anyway, all that stuff happened. Yao Ming came down with the hammer and was like, you're suspended for five years. You're suspended for five years. Because the fact of the matter is, when you're putting on a product – Right for the public to consume, the last thing you want is for the integrity of the sport to be questioned with things like this. It's just stupid, right? So even though it, it didn't affect the game, right, they just the integrity of the game mattered. And I think the same thing applies here where the NFL is just like, bruh, we just do not want you guys doing this thing. Don't touch it. And if you're wondering, do these players get told, not once, not twice, but on multiple cases, yes, three times they're told, explicitly from their team, the security council comes in, and then they do a presentation at the very beginning of the season for these players. And I get it. It might be wallpaper. You might not pay attention to it. But, bruh, the $25 free bet is just not its just not worth it. Let's be honest. All right, that's your second one. Last one, ladies and gentlemen. Number one. And speaking of football, I think it's important. This has been on my mind, one, because I'm a part of it, but two, because the score does such a good job of giving you guys, giving you exactly what you want. And that is more coverage of the Chicago Bears and the draft. So next week, awesome slate for you for you in particular. So Monday, I don't have to do the night show because three real professionals are going to be here. Anthony Heron, Dave Wanstead, the coach, and former Bear Patrick Manley. They're going to be doing a draft preview show Monday from 6 to 9 p.m. Got to listen to that. Then on Thursday, I'm going to kick things off on the Odyssey app from 2 to 4 during the Cubs game. Kind of like a little, you know, it's like a happy hour, you know, of draft coverage. Mark Grody, who just finished on the clock, he's going to be hanging out with me in the 2 o'clock hour. But I'm going to be on from 2 to 4, just just warming things up, you know. Sometimes you can't just jump right in. Giggity, you got to warm it up. That's what I'm going to be doing from 2 to 4. And then in the evening, right after the Cubs game, Parkins, Spiegel, Wanstatt, and Manley, they are going to be taking care of you from the conclusion of the Cubs game up until 9 o'clock, talking about the Bears, what they're doing with that number 9 pick or what they've done with that number 9 pick, where they're moving, what the rest of the draft is looking at like. And then from 9 to midnight, oh, you thought the coverage was over there? No. From 9 to midnight, Chuck Swirsky, Anthony Heron, got the call to talk about the rest of the draft for that particular day. Then on Friday, myself and Mark Grody are going to be hanging out from 9 to midnight after the Cubs game. And we're going to be talking about round ones, rounds one, two, and three uh, for that. And then Saturday, to wrap things up, I told you it's a whole week of NFL draft coverage. Next Saturday, Mully and Hall, 
They're going to be on from 9 to noon to tell you everything that's going on. And then from 12 to 2.30, myself, Mark Grody, and Hub Arkish. Talk about a nice little trio there. Uh, so, again, this is the place to be. 670 to score. Do not go anywhere else for all your draft coverage. You want to know about the guys that the Bears are Bears have picked? You want to know uh, the guys, uh, maybe some trades that I made? This is the place to do it. So make sure you're here all next week listening to 670 The Sewer. All right, that is your trifecta, ladies and gentlemen. That's a magic number. Right here on 670 Score. I am Gabe Ramirez. Happy Friday, man. Hopefully you guys are enjoying yourself. I had such a long week. My wife was like, are you mad at me? You know, I worked earlier today, and then I went home, picked up, picked up the kids, hung out with them for a little bit. And she's like, are you mad at me? And I was like, what? No, I'm tired. It's been a long week. I'm just tired. I'm trying to get my energy back together so I can get on the radio again. So shout out to everybody that's going through it right now. Shout out to everybody that's downloaded and listening to us right now on the odyssey app as i mentioned a lot of cool exclusive content there i'm gonna be doing a a, it's called the studio live so while the cubs game is going on you know i'm gonna be talking about bears but if you download the app you'll get notifications of when we are doing those kinds of things so shout out to everybody listening on the app and then of course shout out to everybody that's listening on our hd2 channel 104.3 hd uh Two. So uh, coming up after this, we're going to keep our draft coverage going. Uh, we're going to talk to Lindsay Rhodes, see what she thinks about the upcoming draft and what, what, what has she heard in regard to the Chicago Bears and what they're doing at nine. Because I got to tell you, all around the office, all I'm hearing is Bears are trading the number nine pick. Now, mind you, we're not the home of the Bears anymore, right? But we still got our people. We still got our little moles in certain places. So um, Lindsay is going to let us know if that, in fact, is a reality or if she's heard something different. And I want you guys to make sure you're here to, to, to listen to the same thing, all right? Lindsey Rhodes hangs out with us after the break. Do not go anywhere. I am Gabe Ramirez on a Friday right here on Chicago Sports Radio. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Video 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. What should the Chicago Bears do with that number nine pick? We're about to find out in a second. Joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, 
home of the world's largest sports book. Of course, she is the host of the NFL Roadshow podcast, and she's hanging out with me right now on 670 to score, Lindsay Rhodes. Lindsay, happy Friday. Oh, hey, yes. They're all happy Fridays, aren't they? <laughs> I mean, this conversation is a lot different on a Monday or a Tuesday. You know, Friday is just, it's just it's a, lot, a lot different. You're, what you going to do before, what you did before, what you're doing after, it's just, it's just a different thing. Now, we are less than a week away from the NFL draft. How, first of all, let's just talk about that. How, how, is, is, I feel I've been, telling, oh. I've been telling people this is like the best soap opera that I've been watching for the last I know. two months. Right, okay, good. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> yeah. alone there. So good. I you, can't wait. I'm so, I'm so geeked. What's the best storyline for you from the NFL draft? Oh, gosh. There's so, I mean, first of all, the quarterback's at the top, obviously, right? Like, it feels like, so now we're all pretty convinced that uh, Young is going to go first, mm-hmm. but then – this new wave of information within the last week that seems to be pushing uh, the narrative that the Texans might not take C.J. Stroud, that he might not be their number one quarterback on the board if Young is off the board. And is it potentially Levis? Is it potentially, like, are they going to go in a different direction, not go quarterback at all? I think that, I think what happens at quarterback, the order, um, and how many end up going in the first round, I think that it could go in so many different directions, Uh, you know, how do people value Levis? I feel like if he doesn't go to a, a couple of different teams, I could see him falling far. But then we keep hearing his name coming up a lot this week. Like uh, Daniel Jeremiah was on Peter Schrager's podcast um, talking about how, you know, he's heard people saying, like, he's not going to get past four to the Colts and if he's still available at four. And I feel like that hadn't really been the vibe that I'd been getting just listening to people talk for the last month or so. And uh, so Anthony Richardson, where, where is he going to go? Hendon Hooker, how much do people value his skills? I think it's a really interesting year at quarterback because people are all over the map with regard to how they value the different guys differently. And so I really have no idea what's going to happen with them past one. I feel like I feel pretty confident saying that Bryce Young is going to go number one. After that, I don't know what's going to happen. And then it starts a trickle down that's fascinating to me. And then the other story is Bijan Robinson because I think <laughs> that it seems like we're at a point – where everyone in the NFL seems to have caught up to what the analytics community has been saying, yeah, right? Like in terms of the devaluation of running backs. But then along comes Bijan Robinson, who everyone's like, well, but he doesn't count because he's super special and he does all the things. And so I'm wondering what that means for draft positioning with regard to running back. It's a low-value position, but he's special. What does that mean? Who, who, who says, I don't care, and I'm going to take him anyway? You are li- you're literally like these are my two storylines right here. I, I, so yep. so I did a I did a college gambling show with Pete Futek, like college football expert. We were watching these guys all season long. I'm a huge fan of Hendon Hooker. If you're watching yeah. him during the season, he's just balled out. It was unfortunate he got hurt. But that to me, that's the one guy I'm looking at. Like, you know, you know, the other guys are going to get taken early where, where they fall. We do not know. You're absolutely right. But I'm like, who's going to take how high is Hendon Hooker going to go or low for that matter? Right. When you're looking right. at those things and Bijan Robinson, if you saw any games from the college football season and was watching Texas, you saw how dominant he was clearing above better than anyone else. And so you're right. It's so funny. People can say whatever they want about valuing running backs. But like you mentioned, here comes Bijan. He's been he's been rumored even in the Bears circles where you hear people like <laughs> he might not pass the bear. And I'm like, come on, guys. I understand okay. he's good. But come on, yeah. guys. I totally understand. So let me ask you this. Let me just circle back mm-hmm. to the quarterback situation uh, that you first okay. touched on, Lindsay. And it is. What are your thoughts now regarding Ryan Poles moving on from the number one pick way before the draft? Now that this has all come out about the quarterbacks and who's in love with who? Well, I, I always 
was a fan of him moving on. I think it was the right call. I didn't understand why we were having the conversation about him sitting and staying put and taking a quarterback. For me, I think what I saw from Justin Fields last year is, in fact, I remember talking to people on my podcast, several different people that were like, so the Bears haven't won a lot of games, right? But like they won the season. They got what they needed out of this, and that was the knowledge that they have a quarterback. We know that. Now build around him. And then the season's over, and the narrative shifted completely and it was like, well, I don't know. Should they take one of these guys and deal Justin Fields? Like, what do we do? I was like, what are we talking about? Like, we have a quarterback who, in my opinion, if, if, the, if the knock on him right now is we don't know how he's going to develop as a passer and we haven't seen it from him, then I say, okay, fine, fair. He's not the first one that's come along. Remember what we said about J- Jalen Hurts last time? You know, this time last year, like we were having the same conversation. We know kind of what he brings in terms of versatility and he can get it down on the ground. He gives you that dual threat. So to quote unquote, like the rushing ability, but we don't know if he's going to develop as a passer the way. So they made all these moves in the off season and they put him in a perfect situation. Great offensive line, all the weapons that you might possibly want. We're going to get a read on him from a passing standpoint and know an answer. And then also they, they very smartly, uh, acquired assets for this draft so that if the answer that they got on Jalen Hurts was nope, not the guy that we're looking for, which we now know very much was not the answer they got, then they had two two ones and they could move up. They positioned themselves to get a quarterback this year. I think that Jay, uh, Justin Fields is a similar read type situation right now. We know that he brings an explosivity to the ground that is game-breaking. And we don't know what he looks like as a passer in the NFL but to that, I push back and say, what did they put around him? Like, what were we expecting to get with the wide receiver core that they had last year? So now, reevaluate, put some extra pieces around him, develop the passing assets, and, and put him in a position. I think their smartest attack, their, their smartest way to attack this offseason is to attack it very similarly to the way that the Eagles did last year in terms of strategy. Okay, so now we know that we have, like, half a quarterback maybe, right? So So let's really build up those – passing game weapons and the offensive line put him in a situation where we get a really good evaluation of him at the end of the year. And DJ Moore is a great ad there. They have a lot of draft capital. And, um, and uh, so here's, here's the name I'm going to throw out. I know a lot of, oh, I love this. a lot of, a lot of bears fans. I've actually, I Googled it today. Cause I was like, why is no one talking about this? And I actually saw full like bears going, no, I don't <laughs> want this. So, so Chicago fans are about to scream at their radio. Um, I think because they have so much draft capital that they are a team that actually appeals to me to go get D hop. So, and I know he's declining. He's not the guy that he once was, whatever, yada, yada. What, what I like about D hop for him is that you put D hop on one side and you put uh, DJ Moore on the other side and you put Darnell Mooney in the slot, and then Chase, maybe you deal Chase or you have Chase for depth. I don't know. But now DJ and D-Hop, what are you doing defense? What are you doing to stop them, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't double either of those guys because they're both good enough. And so you're going to give your quarterback a real chance. And the thing that D-Hop is known for that he does do well, still even now, is he is going to go win 50-50 balls, and he's got a catch radius that's crazy. 
So yes, he's expensive. Yes, he's potentially declining, but you're giving your quarterback a guy that will help you get a read on him and help him develop. Maybe who can make up for any deficiencies. If the ball isn't exactly placed where it's supposed to be placed, he can make up for that by going and getting it anyway. And now it just helps you bring him along in that, in that area. And the reason that it appeals to me is because they have so much money, more than anyone else, left in terms of cap room to spend, and they have all these draft assets. So if you're looking for a two for D-Hop, you still have a one and you have a two. And then if you also walk with D-Hop at the end of that, then that makes Justin Fields better. You can't just look at it in a vacuum. We're looking for guys to make Justin Fields better and get a better, a true evaluation of him at the end of the year. So that's my thought. I've heard the um, – gosh, who was it? Was it DJ? Was it Daniel Jeremiah who said – that he'd heard don't sleep on on Bijan to the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't. I can't do that one. Because okay. I'm like, if I'm if I'm a defense, I get Bijan's incredible, right? But if I'm a defense and I'm game planning for the Bears, as they stand right now, what am I doing? I'm I'm gearing up to stop Justin Fields on the ground. So adding a weapon on the ground to me doesn't doesn't help keep a defense honest. Like you already have that. And I think that the running backs that they have are good enough that they can, you know, if like Justin goes one way and they go the other way, like I think you already have it. You're fine there. Where you're not necessarily fine is within the passing game. I want to build that up as much as possible. I hear what you're saying. Stopping the run is something that teams are going to do. And so adding another weapon on the ground, you know, that might be something that they're gearing up for. But the D hop take, Lindsay, if, if, if Bears fans that are listening, please feel free to tweet her at Lindsay. <laughs> underscore Rhodes, so that that way uh, you can give her your opinion. Uh, that's who we're talking to right now, Lindsay Rhodes, of course, of the NFL Rhodes Show. Uh, make sure you do follow her, at Lindsay underscore Rhodes. Okay, so let's live in the deep hop space for a second. Okay. okay. I like that. Uh, because you're, you're – okay, because you gave up a 30-second pick for, for Chase Claypool. So then no, to that go – That was a mistake. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, I could argue with that. I, I don't want to debate that with you, right? I don't want to debate that. Okay. So, so, but to say to give up another second, I think that's the part that, you know, people would probably have an issue with. But I, I don't even know if it'll cost that much. I think at this point, yeah. the Cardinals understand where they're at. And you might be able to get away. And, and we've seen Poles be as savvy as he can be and patient. And I, see, I don't see him getting away from that. So, I mean, that could be a, a, a potential. But, man. When you say DJ Moore on one side, you say D Hop on another, Darno Mooney in the slot, which is crazy, and then yeah. Claypool, like where does he land? I mean, you're right. That, that those are some weapons because you're absolutely right, right, Lindsay? You do have to know at the end of the season whether or not Justin Fields is that dude. And the biggest argument last year, no offensive line, no weapons. Okay, well here's right. here's your here's your weapons, and you know of course they're going to try to shore up the offensive line, and now it's going to be in the hands solely of Justin Fields. So I, that almost takes us right now to where where um, where we're at, which is what do you think the Bears are going to do at number nine? Are they going to help Fields and and get an offensive lineman there? Are they going to go defense and take a guy that like Ryan Pole said last year? If you make the defense better, the team is better. Or do you yeah. think they're going to end up trading down to try to grab, you know, an offensive lineman that they covet, that they know they can get, that's in maybe the second tier of offensive lineman? What do you think? The the trade down, I think, is appealing if certain people aren't still available. Uh, however, I just want to point out, everyone's talking about trading down. In this year's draft, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing for every NFL team. They're like, well, the ideal scenario here is our preference is to, I mean, from reporters and people who cover various teams are like, 
I think that they would want to trade down. But if they can't, then this everyone's not going to be able to trade down, right? And I don't know who are the people that people are trading up to get. They might be well positioned at nine in order to get somebody to come up. Um, but I think if you have a like if Jalen Carter or one of the premier edge rushers is there, then I could see them just take that, right? Or if they're not there, then then I think you pivot to O-line, probably depending on how you have scouted who you think will be available and how they help you plug your hole on the O-line. If you think you can get somebody um, in the second round uh, for the O-line that isn't a huge drop-off from somebody that you would take in the first, then I think they go there and maybe then go cornerback, uh, one of the top cornerbacks at nine. At nine, they're going to be able to get a really, really good player and at one of those three positions. To me, I have been told that that top 15 is probably the floor for Skaronsky. To me, I think that he seems interesting to the Bears because of his versatility, and they kind of just need help on the line. So if you don't think he's a tackle, you could move him inside to guard, and he still brings a lot of value. But if you do think that you're going to have to move him, if you don't view him as a tackle because of his shorter arms, and you think you're getting a guard, then to me, top 15 seems really high for a guard in terms of positional value. So I think it'll just depend on how teams view him and where they think that they would play him. Um, so I, I, think it, I think it depends on how they've scouted these people. But to me, I think they go probably edge, maybe corner of the top edges or Jalen Carter up the middle if those guys are, avail- are, are not there and then – maybe shift to cornerback or to offensive line. I do think they need to address the offensive line. I think it just depends on how who they think they could get later and how much of a drop-off there is between that guy that they're going to take at nine and that guy that they could get later. We're talking to Lindsey Rhodes here on 670, the score on Gabe Ramirez. Yeah, it's been talked about, you know, Darnell Wright from, from Tennessee, you know, when yeah. they talk to guys like Will Anderson, when they talk to guys like Jalen Carter, and they said, who were some of the toughest guys you went up against? Darnell Wright's name just kind of, popped up immediately with a lot of those guys but you know a senior a big dude 65333 and if the bears do right and, and i think that, yeah right 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 tech and mm-hmm. when they're looking at a, you know Skaronsky, when they're looking at Paris Johnson Jr. Broderick Jones i i do genuinely feel like Ryan Poles is saying to himself you know what those guys are good but if i can get you know a, a second or a third round pick and Darnell right as opposed to either of those three guys i think in his mind he might value that um pairing better than just one of them. So I think that to me is is interesting. So let's hold let's hold true for a second, Lindsay. And let's assume, okay. you know, let's let's assume they do take, you know, not, not even with the first round. Let's just assume they 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 add to their offensive line. They do grab, you know, def- defenders and you know, they just pick some pieces. Where do you think the Bears what, what do you think is the ceiling for the Chicago oh. Bears if they do all of that and fix those not yeah. fix, not fix. I don't want to say fix, but address no. it. Address it. What, what is the ceiling then? for this Bears team, in your mind? Well, it's interesting because I think the NFC North is in like a throw it all up in the air, and I think they could all come down in different <laughs> so positions. True. I really like the Lions build. I love what the Lions have done. I've been a fan of what they've been doing for the last couple of years. I feel like it was an early adopter, so I want to pat myself on the back that it's gone in that direction. But I, I do like the Lions. I think that as they stand right now, the Lions are my favorite in the NFC North. I think you have to consider the Vikings, but I could see the Vikings and the Bears potentially switching. I think I see the Packers as the team right now, assuming that they're going to deal Aaron Rodgers. I see them as the team that is the most obviously in rebuilding mode and could come in in fourth mm. in the division. I think that the, the Bears have so 
so much to work with right now and have made moves already in this offseason. And I think that they still have so many assets in play that I think that the Bears are that team that could, I see them as like in the mix probably for 2-3 in the NFC North, realistically. Okay. Um, I just want them to be yeah. in the hunt, Lindsay. You know, in week like 15 yeah. when they have the, the teams all the way to the right and it says yep. in the hunt. Like, I just want yep. to feel good at that point. Cause it, cause, well, and in the – in the NFC, if you if you are in the if you're in second in a division and you're in a hunt for a wild card spot, like it's all it's all there. Like the NFC's open. And I think that that's one of the interesting things about like the Vikings, for instance. People are talking about the Vikings taking a quarterback. I look at their draft assets, they have five picks. Mm. And I don't think they can afford to use one of them on a quarterback planning for the future because and we've seen this we've seen this with other teams in the NFC, like the Saints. For the last few years, I look at their roster and I'm like, you can't compete. But then what I keep hearing out of reporters that cover the team is they could win the division, though. And that's true because the division's bad. So if you are in a position where you think you could potentially compete for a division or get to the postseason, the NFC is so wide open. There's two teams that we're sure are good, and that's the Niners and the Eagles, right? And then you could maybe talk about the Cowboys, the team that we anticipate to be in the mix. And But everybody else is on the come up or like in limbo, like they're in weird no man's land. So it's open. So for to me, the Vikings are a team with their five draft picks that they have. They can't afford to use one of them on a quarterback and or two if it takes a move up because they have holes that they need to fill. To me, they need a number two wide receiver to make Justin Jefferson be Justin Jefferson. You have to put someone on the other side. That's their number one priority for me is to make his life easier. And then you also have cornerback and later in the draft, because of positional value, you got to fill Eric Kendrick's job. So to me, they have to fill their holes because it's all there. Like they have enough people that they have to try to be competitive. I don't think they're in a position to try and use their assets to plan for the future and just kick the can down the road because the NFC is open. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, so one that we're going to be watching closely. I didn't know they only had five draft picks, and you're right. Yes. You know, Adam Thielen leaving. I mean, they, they're going to need somebody else to take the pressure off of them, some speedster in the slot that can kind of, you yep. know, make up for that space. And then when you're looking at the other teams, I mean, you're right. It, it is there. You know, when you're looking at this Bears team, you know, the, the ability to put up points exists. They proved that for a stretch run in the middle of the season. The defense is just god-awful, so that's something that they have to address. And that's what I was saying. I say if the defense could just be above average, right? Not average, above yeah. above average, then the Bears will be in a good position, especially in the NFC North, you know, facing some of these teams. And I don't want to say the Bears are going to the playoffs. That'll be my, my, that, that's my Homer Hart talking right there. But I, I do feel that they should be in a position, if you're talking about the ascension of Justin Fields and if it is going to mirror that of a Jalen Hurts, then he should be in a better position to put this team in a better position in order to be in that space. We're talking to Lindsey Rhodes here on 670, the score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Let's change our uh, let's change directions for just a, a bit. I saw you you mentioned it as well on your Twitter, um, and it is about the, the, the five suspensions that have come mm-hmm. down from the NFL. Um, first of all, I, I, I talked about it a second ago, and I said more so that it's just about the integrity of the game. They want to just, you know, slap people on the wrist to let everybody know this is just, just don't do it. You know, what, what's your take on the suspensions and, and the fact that two of them were even suspended for not even betting on NFL games? Yeah, I mean, we're in a weird time with gambling and sports betting because it's, I mean, the, the league has now embraced it. I mean, I remember a time when, when I worked for NFL Network, there were rules in place where I specifically went to Vegas one weekend with friends and I made these poor people that I was with 
go watch the games on a Sunday with me at a hotel, like a lobby bar that had like one TV because the rules were such that I wasn't allowed to be in a hotel that had a sports book. If I was even in the casino, not in the sports book, but in a casino that had a sports book, that was a fireable offense as an NFL employee. So, uh, you know, it's we've come a long way, right? <laughs> like, I think that some of those rules are still in place for NFL employees, and I think that they're even stiffer for NFL employees than there are for players. Uh, if my understanding was today it came out that, like, NFL employees are not necessarily yeah. allowed to bet on At other anything. sports, but yeah. players can, right? Yep. So you just aren't allowed to be in the facility. I think it's a weird time because – we're going to see, I think we're going to see broadcasts embracing gambling in the next couple of years. I think you're going to start seeing live betting lines on the tick, uh, you know, not just the ticker, but like um, that pop up on graphics. I think uh, all that kind of stuff is it's driving so much business and it's becoming so much more mainstream now fantasy and betting. That's, that's how a lot of people are watching these games. And so, and it's so easy, it's, Lindsay. It's so easy. That's the thing, right? Where it's yeah. in the palm of your hand. I, the joke I made earlier was, you know, I bet on on Chinese basketball at three in the morning, and some of these football <laughs> players are in their hotel rooms with their phone in their hand, thinking that it's meaningless. But you cannot be in a hotel room with your team and be gambling yeah. on something, right? So, like, that's the tricky part. And I understand that they get notices for it. But as it's becoming, you know, woven into the fabric of of American society because we follow sports as Americans and and it's just I I understand where a 21 year old male, you know, mm-hmm. who's, who all of his buddies and group chats and everything like that is talking about gambling that it, it's tempting and it's and it's difficult to to feel. It. And I'm sure they feel like it's no big deal in their mind. Not knowing. I wonder how they found out about it, though. Was it like. Through like the internet, like did they, like did they check out like the I don't know the back end of something? Like how did they know that those? That, I can't imagine they just walked into the office and was like, yeah, but yeah, coach, I uh, I gambled yesterday on the app. Right. Like I don't think it happened like yeah. that. I I don't know. I mean, I think that there are there are some companies that specifically look for that kind of stuff. Okay, I don't know why. I mean, I mean, I suppose the the primary reason would be for impropriety purposes. Like if an NFL player is actually betting on their team, you know, then that's not a good look. Like nobody wants that. We don't want that. So you have to have a hard and fast line. Don't bet on the NFL if you're in the NFL. I totally understand that. Where I think it does get a little bit more blurry is if you're placing a bet on a college football game or a baseball game or whatever and you're at the Lions facility in this case on a Saturday getting ready for your game or <laughs> in a hotel crazy. and you're like this has nothing to do with me so this should be fine but you know you just don't want the you don't want the look of impropriety I mean it feels like they just have to draw a hard and fast line yeah. you know and this is where the line is it's at the facility and so I can completely see why the players would be like this has nothing to do with us yeah. like I don't understand it but, and I'm allowed to do it at home, but not here. But it's like my, my boss. Is, it's like my boss says: When in doubt, don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, in, when in doubt, don't. That should be the mantra. But you know what? Hey, th- these things are going to happen. You thought Calvin Ridley would have set the example, and people would have learned from that. But okay. but, he, but here we are again. Hey, Lindsay, I appreciate you giving me some of your time on a Friday, man. This is a great conversation. Thanks for hanging with me. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm always up to talk NFL draft. I love it. I'm a geek. Well, then I, I might be hitting you up next week then. All right. Lindsay Rhodes <laughs> from the NFL Road Show. Make sure you go ahead and follow her at Lindsay underscore Rhodes. Great stuff right there. That's, that, that's the kind of stuff we need leading up to the draft. 
uh, from Lindsay. Make sure you go ahead and follow her. All right. Uh, I am Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. Happy Friday, everybody. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity uh, to talk a little bit in a second about, because I do want to talk more about uh, the Cubs. What a game today uh, against the Dodgers. We're going to talk to Mr. Sharma at 820 uh, about the Cubs. But leading into it, you know, these games are a lot faster. Things are happening a lot quicker in this. And, and finally, instead of me having to go and, and, and search every time frame of every game, of the day, MLB finally came out with some statistics through 268 games. What have the numbers said about baseball and the change that these rules have created? I'll give you all that information on the other side. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez on a Friday right here. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. On 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Leo Stoddard, super producer today. Bye-bye. It's Friday. We need none of this. None of this for the rest of the show. I need like, you know. You got it. Party music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Friday, bro. This is like Monday. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Monday. It's too laid back. This sucks. Yeah. Monday sucks. They say, oh, man, Monday. (laughs) I need like. uh, 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 uh." I will see what we can get for the next break. And I know you will because you are the super producer. I got a couple minutes here before we turn over the top of the hour. It is Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. And I think the most intriguing thing about this Major League Baseball season has been the rule changes. I think everybody would agree. Well, except for Cubs fans. They'd probably say their team is, is the most intriguing thing. But you're here, oh, here, here, so here's the thing for me. We know the rule changes have changed things. But we wondered what it was going to mean to the game. And I'm specifically talking about stolen bases. Right? The time of the game, whatever, that affects fans. Pitchers seem to have gotten used to it. Players as well. But but it's the it's the stolen bases that, you know, that the attempts are up. So you're wondering, is that changing the game too much? Well, well, anyway, probably about three weeks ago or two weeks ago, I was sitting there trying to look at every single game and find out how what the time was and doing addition. My degree's in economics, so I love numbers. So, you know, I was trying to do all that stuff, but fortunately, MLB has come out with uh their twenty twenty three MLB rule change regular season results through April 20th, 2023. So not including today's games, there's been 286 games played essentially 11.8% of the season. And so nice small sample size for you. You'll be able to create uh, get some good metrics there. And so first is pace of play. So in 2021, the average time per game was three hours and 10 minutes last year, three hours and four minutes. Through 286 games of the 2023 season, the average time per game is two hours and 37 minutes. So almost a half an hour shaved. 27 minutes um, from 2022, over half an hour if you're taking 2021. I mean, that's a significant amount of time. Runs per game, still the same. 9.1 runs per game uh, this year. There was 9.1 runs per game in 2021. How is it affecting batting average? 
right? That's a great metric there. Is is, is the pace of play affecting? Because you think, oh, oh, the pitchers aren't going to be able to do X, Y, and Z, fill in the blanks. Batters are going to, no, batting average still the same. 248 is the batting average across the league. Last year was 245, year before that, 246. On base percentage, a tick above, 323, whereas last year it was 313, and in 2021 it was 319. And then your K percentage, your strikeout percentage, 22.6% strikeout rate, where last year it was 22.3. So batters are still prepared. I mean, come on, this is Major League Baseball. These guys, well, you heard Barry Bond say it. I don't care how fast they throw. They still have to put it in this strike zone and get it past me. And I'm sure every single Major League Baseball player feels the exact same way, which is why the K rate is essentially the same as it's been for the last two seasons. Now looking at average time remaining on the timer on pitch delivery. This is a good one, right? Because batters have to be in the box with seven seconds left. Excuse me. And rarely do you see a pitcher kind of wind all the way down to the last leg. They're not throwing it with a, a second left. So... The batters, 7.2 seconds. Pitchers with runners on, 7.7 seconds. And then pitches with bases empty, 6.6 seconds. So they're getting it in fast. It's not it's not being dragged out. Pitchers don't even aren't even using the entire pitch clock. Whereas last year, it felt like every single pitch would last way longer than that. So last year, I would watch all my Sox games on replay, wait for the kids to go to bed, and then, you know, go and watch the game. And... I have YouTube TV, so I got the little fast-forward 15-second function. And if I would time it correctly, I could fast-forward a 15 15 seconds. Sometimes it would be 30 seconds if it was a foul ball. But you could literally just go boom, boom, and it will be right there. So these guys aren't even using the entire time. They're pitching at a faster rate, understanding what they're trying to do. Violations uh, for either offense and defense, 70% of the violations have occurred on defense. So you're looking at the pitchers and and obviously 30% on the other side of that. And the rates have actually gone down. Week one, 0.82 violations per game. Week two, 0.93, a little uptick. But then weeks three and four, 0.64 and 0.66 respectively. So teams just getting used to it, which is what... Um, you know, everyone was saying when the rules are being implemented. Now I'm taking a look at, and this is the one that I felt like was the most interesting. Hopefully you guys are nerding out with me right now on these statistics, my baseball heads that are out there. So <clears throat> stolen bases per game. This is the part that I felt like because of the disengagement rule and just a, a myriad of other things, you just it seemed as though everyone was stealing bases all the time. But not necessarily the case. Stolen base attempts per game in 2021, 1.2. Stolen base attempts per game in 2022, 1.4. This year, 1.7. So, obviously, a little more, but it's not where, in my mind, I'm thinking it's like five attempts per game. I feel like every inning when somebody gets on, they're just running. Stolen base percentage, where they're actually making it successfully, that's the rate that has gone up, which I think is significantly 75% 75% success rate in both 2021 and 2022. It is 80.8 in 2023. That's a big one. That's a big one right there. And then um, when you're looking at, lastly, uh, batting average on balls in play, like I mentioned before, 247 is what the league is hitting right now and at where they were hitting 243. So, you know, I, I guess if you were to talk to Theo, 
he tell you the rule changes are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Making the games faster, making the games a little bit more entertaining, batting average up just a little bit, stolen bases, which is obviously a lot more fun, getting guys in scoring position. That's gone up. And then the violations, which people were concerned about, they've gone down. So I think everything is kind of lined up where it is, and we're not even, you know, over a month into the season. So good things there uh, from from Major League Baseball. Okay. On the other side, I want to bring back um, this Cubs game today. What a good one. And I want to go specifically to the eighth inning where Drew Smiley kind of lost his perfect game. And I'm curious, and I think I haven't heard anybody ask this question yet, to my Cubs fans that are out there, or just baseball fans in general. Leo, you're, you're a Cubs fan or a Sox fan? I'm a White Sox fan. Yeah, that's right. We talked about this. You and I were on the dark side. Oh, yeah. Okay. So then you, so you, so here, I'll let you answer it first. Who's more at fault for the breakup of the perfect game? Is it Drew Smiley for attempting to go get the ball? Or is it Jan Gomes for not allowing Smiley to go get, like, who, who do you think is more at fault? Because they ran into each other. That's one of those things where it's your you no have, no no. This is sports radio. You have to have an, a okay. clear cut. The, the Let's, opinion. I'll say Gomes is at fault there because he didn't get out of the way. Smiley got there first. He should have. Okay, and this is great radio because I disagree with you. Cool. This is great radio. Great. I think it is Smiley's fault. Why? The catcher. If you look, Jan Gomes, he is circling the ball to the right yeah. as he's going towards it. It's going down the third base line. He is circling it heading towards the pitcher's mound, going around it so he can pick it up with his right hand, make a 180 turn, and throw it to first base. So he, in his mind, sees exactly how this out is supposed to play out from a defender's standpoint. Drew Smiley, what I think, my personal opinion, radio, he's trying to protect his perfect game. Yeah, he doesn't want to ruin it. He's focused on himself. So two different things. Exactly, two different things. But I hear what you're saying. Maybe Gomes should have saw, you know, I want to validate your feelings. Maybe Gomes should have saw, you know, Smiley going to the ball and, you know, allowing him to do his thing. But that's why we're opening up the lines now. Oh, yeah. So go ahead and open. Oh, they are. Oh, I love this. 312-644-6767. Drew Smiley had a perfect game uh, through seven. First time since 1993 for the Chicago Cubs. But as you watch the play or you watch the replay on Twitter or whatnot, who do you think is more at fault in that situation? Gomes or Smiley? 312-644-6767. We'll take your calls as to who do you think is to blame, and then we'll discuss the game a little further. All right? It's Gabe Ramirez taking your calls after the break on 670 to score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 